and welcome to Straight From The Off, a podcast based around the amateur football scene of our fantastic city of Liverpool. I'm Michael Watson and each episode we'll bring to you a local footballer, past or present, who'll share their stories of glory and despair with us on Straight From The Off. So for the podcast that we record in 2023, we're proud to say we have teamed up with Four Corner Combat Gym. My mate John Gillies is looking after us, giving us a space to record. They're expanding the gym as well. It's going to be unbelievable with the strength and conditioning cardio area as well as um, having Team Carbon on board now. So you'll see them in multiple uh, fighting organisations, most notably the UFC. So thanks to John for helping us out there and being the sponsor of the 2023 episodes. It's much appreciated. So this episode sponsored by the Mez Foundation. It was set up in honour of John Medal, who passed away suddenly 12 months ago. John's been part of the Ormond Bargains FC for about 30 years as a player and a committee member. Some of the older lads from the club have set up the foundation in honour of John and they're going to raise funds for local football clubs, charities and a melanoma skin cancer charity. Also with the view of building some all-weather pitches in John's name that will be cheap and easy to access for the local teams and kids. They've got an Instagram page, so check it out there, the Mez Foundation, and support where you can. Thanks for the lads for donating and giving back to our amateur football in the city. Brilliant. Um, so today's guest we've got in, and... and I had to pull a few favours to get him in, but uh, he's going to tell us his tale right through his football and life. Welcome to the show, Howard Gale. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me on, mate. Boss, mate. Delighted to have you here. So, as I always started, Howie, straight from the off, how old were you when you first started playing? Who did you play for at first and who did you support? Well, um, again, football's a way of life in Liverpool. So, again, going back to how, how old was when I first started playing, it must have been about two hours yeah. Um, <laughs> straight out so, yeah straight out <laughs> before I got in a nappy I had the ball but um, no as I said to you again uh, football is a way of life here in Liverpool and as soon as you can kick a ball or you're able to to get involved in it again there was um, there was no other activities around at the time so football was the main activity yeah and being in the right place in, in the city um, which is Liverpool and being able to support Liverpool Football Club um Great moments for me, great times. Uh, again, football in, in in itself was was changing from um, the old kick and rush football. There was there was a little bit more technical and tactical um, yeah, prowess, bit of, bit of thought of it coming into into football. And Liverpool were at at the forefront of that LFC and um, being able to go and follow them all around the country and watch the progress and the, the development of, of how football was. Um, Watching the likes of Kevin Keegan and Toshi and um, Peter Thompson, yep. who, who, who was my idol, so it was a it was a, it was a fundamental um, approach to it from from the schoolyard to playing football in uh, a field in not a screen to actually playing organised football on a weekend. And the first organised football started off playing for the school on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, for St. Teresa's and again w- went all over the, the city but it was a, it was an enlightening period and it was a, a, a period through, through my footballing career that was, was um, it was a it was a cool to, to, to learn in the game but also again there was an element for me of having to protect myself because there was other things going on where people were, were wanting to kick me and hurt me because of the colour of my skin. Yeah, yeah. And and obviously, 
at that at that time in, in the city, the North End was was predominantly yeah. white, wasn't it? Yeah. So so Saint Teresa's a lot of lads who've been on the pod have played for Saint Teresa's and they've always seemed to have, have had a good footy team. Yeah. Were, were you just were you just good at the time? Yeah, we were again we had, I remember there was a lad called Joey Mack and another lad called um how was it? Ferguson. Uh, Joey Mack, he was a centre back and Ferguson was a was a goalkeeper. Both of them played for the schoolboys. Yeah. And I think both of them played for England schoolboys as well. Decent, yeah. Yeah, so they were in our school. So the, the, the when they played for England on occasion, the teacher would get a bus up and we'd all go down and, and support them. I remember watching them at a, a game against Germany at um, Wembley um, and another game at Bramall Lane. Boss, boss. Yeah. So the local teams you'd have played then, like, like St. Damward Square, St. Phillies, all the teams like yeah, that? Yeah, my, my, my team was... Um, it was uh, West Derby United, which was run by a, a guy called uh, Joe Mercer, and another one was um, East Villa. East Villa, yeah. Pat McGinley. Yeah, but I mean, still going now, East Villa. Yeah, after yeah, all great these club, years. great club. But also, uh, obviously, um, playing as a kid, playing for the school and all that, did you get a feeling that you were, you know, I'm pretty good at this, me, like, uh, uh, you know, there's a chance I can go and play, or was it a case of just enjoying it and... And playing. It was kind of like mixed feelings again. As I say, as as a as a young footballer, you've always got that hope and that that desire that something's going to change yeah. for you. I'm I'm sort of like my parameter was was uh, I looked at the amount of black players in the game, yeah. and there wasn't many. No, no. And even those who who were um, who were in the game, I remember watching Clyde Best on match of the day when he first came to the country, he's playing for West Ham, and the West Ham fans were booing him. Yeah. His own fans. So it felt and like no pathway at yeah, all. Yeah, it's just, well, if, if your own fans are booing you, then... Yeah, what, what chance have you got? What, what chance have you got? Yeah. Um, when I first got the opportunity to, to go to Liverpool, my, my manager at the Bedford was a guy called Eric Dunlop, and he knew somebody at the club, and... He got me a trial and he said, um, what are you doing on Thursday? You need to go to, uh, to Melbourne to town. I said, no. Because yeah. I'd been to the schoolboys and I'd been knocked back and I knew that I was good enough yeah. going, going to the schoolboy trials. And I knew that the guy who was in charge of the schoolboys, a guy called Tom Saunders, he was part of Liverpool's box at, yeah, at, yeah. at Liverpool. So when I heard that I, I'd got an opportunity to go on trial, I just said, no. And Eric was ringing me up and he was badging him and he just said listen he said that um, he, he, he spoke to one of my brothers and my brother said go and try it and again you'll, you'll never regret it then yeah. he said what you don't want to be doing is having regrets and you see somebody you, that you're better than making it and you'll say to yourself well that could have been me Yeah. so I, um, I plucked up the well I didn't pluck up the courage I, I thought to myself I'll go and get this done and um I went along to a trial and there was only um, two other black kids there, a lad called Stevie Cole. Um, he ended up getting murdered in... Yeah, down here. Down here. Yeah. And, and was it the black horse on... It was the... Uh, the farmers. The farmers, yeah. 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 yeah, he ended up getting murdered. And um, another kid called Lawrence Iro. So I felt a little bit comfortable that yeah. I wasn't the only one. Yeah. So um, as the, as the, again, what, what they used to do is, again, the... It wasn't a training session, it was a game. And he wanted to see how you performed in a game. And um, I remember picking a ball up outside my own box and I was slalom past about four or five players. 
and I've hit a shot and it's hit the crossbar, but before it's come back down, I've volleyed it right in the top pocket, and I've turned down, and I could see them nodding with approval yeah. on, on the on the um, thinking what we got here, yeah, yeah, on on the touchline. Um, Sod's Lord is about five minutes after that. I went over on my ankle, turned my ankle. I was always turning my ankles for some reason, and um, I tried to carry on. And he seen that I tried to carry on, and uh, Joe Fagan said, um, "Come on, son, come off." He said, "We've seen enough." So I've, I've, I'm trying to comprehend what that meant by yeah. that. We, we've seen enough. <laughs> Have I done enough? Or yeah, you've seen enough? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, he said, "Go home and um, we'll contact you." He said, "Get your ankle right. Um, tell us when you're, you're fit." Um, we'll put you in the game. We'll have a look at you in the game, our proper game playing for us. So um, I went home a couple of weeks later. They were playing um, Everton, was at, at Belfield, the old Belfield uh, site. And I think we drew to all. And I'm sure I missed Yeah, I did. I missed the penalty. But I played well. And I, and I, and I, I think I showed them something. Um, that they, they knew that they could develop. Yeah. Um, I was I, again. I was quick. I was. I could use both feet. Um, wasn't bad in the air, and I wasn't afraid of nobody. How old were you then? How I old? was. I was nineteen. Nineteen. I yeah. told them I was eighteen when I first went <laughs> in there. But um, I, yeah, I thought again. I'll tell them I'm eighteen, and if I tell them I'm nineteen, they're not going to be having it. So I told them I was eighteen. So as things have progressed now, and I. Um, after after the the game and they see me in the game, they wanted to bring me in for a closer look now. So they, they wanted me to come in um, to train with the first team during the day or with, with the reserves. Yeah. Um, I'd done it for a month um, and then went and seen Bob Paisley and said, uh, you've asked me to come in for a month, Gaffer, and I think that I've done all right. And what do you think? Were you, nev- were you nervous doing that or did you just think, I've, yeah, I've got yeah. to? yeah. Well, it was Phil Thompson. Phil Thompson said to me, um, what's happening with you? I mean, what do you mean? He went to... He said to us the other week that the, the, the gaffer, they were looking at you for a couple of weeks. It's, it's over a month now. And I just let it go on and go on. Because you know I mean? at the end of the day, I'm still training with Liverpool. And I didn't want to go in and get the no. Yeah, yeah. So um, I went in and seen the gaffer. And Tom always said to me, um, go in and see the gaffer. And when you go in and say to him... Um, Another club's been on for you, being on the WhatsApp, being on the phone, trying to get you to go to them because they'd seen you playing against them. So I get, I'm not going to say that. Because you say the first thing he's going to go is use the other club. Yeah. <laughs> so I've gone in and sat down. And um, he, 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 the gaffer knew what I was going in for, but he was dragging it out of me. So I sat down and I said to him, Gaffer, you said that I was going to have a look at me and I think I've done all right. And what do you think? So the gaffer... He used to have this thing, all the lads used to laugh and joke about it, where he'd reach behind him and he'd go in a filing cabinet and pull out a piece of paper. And the lads were saying that there's nothing on this yeah. paper. <laughs> but he'd, he'd be bringing it out. So we, um, the gaffer said, he said, uh, yeah, we've watched you. Um, we like what we've seen. You've done okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to sign you on a, um, I think it was a, a six-month contract. And it was uh, amateur forms, I think. And um, we'll see how you go, because you start playing in the A-team now. And then the reserves. So um, after a month, um, he comes to me and said that we want to sign you on a on a, a contract, a pro contract. Yeah. So I've, I've 
spoke to Tomo and Tomo said someone's been in for you. That's why they're that's why they're yeah, they're, 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 they're yeah. locking you down. Said someone's been in for you. Like, well, I'm not going nowhere, Tomo, you know what I mean? Who am I gonna go to? This is my team. He went, I know, you know. So um, Just don't say that when you go in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um I signed and I was over the moon. I mean, again, my family were over the moon and all the all the stats started coming out now about me being the first black player and yeah. all of the, the sound bites from it and um and again as I say I will be quickly well I'll, I'll be I became popular with him even more even more popular within within my own community because everybody knew that I was childing at Liverpool. Yeah. And everybody was sort of like interested to see yeah, willing you to make it yeah, uh, what the outcome was gonna be. Brilliant. Brilliant. So you're a pro. Let, let's go back. Let's go back a, a little bit then. So you were saying about um, playing for the Bedfords. You were a really big amateur team yeah. at the time. The Bedford, the Melrose, the Lobster, the Canada, the Fantail, all, all top teams, um, sort of mid to late 70s, let's, let's yeah. say. So yeah. what, what, how did you find it, the, 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 um, the amateur game and the level at, at the yeah. time? Again, as I say, I, I played junior football. Um, I'd played the amateur game again while I was 16, 17. Yeah. I mean, I was, and again, I, I didn't hear down that. It was because I was good. It was, it was more of a, I was, I was able to cope with and adapt with playing open age football. Yeah. Because that's what, again, it, it was called at the time, again, open age football. And um, again, for me, I was following in the footsteps of my older brother, Alan, because yeah. he played for the Bedford yeah. uh, many, many years ago. So um, getting the opportunity again to, to follow in his, his footsteps and I was now playing in front of big crowds because we had them big crowds on a, on a Sunday morning in the park. They had a, yeah. a good following, um, the Bedford. And um, after again, as I say, after the, about seven or eight games, um, I was doing, again, I was, doing, I was smashing it. Um, Again, as I say, a lot of people were, were talking about me. And again, I didn't know all of this. I just sort of like kept myself to myself. And I never ever envisaged that I was going to be playing professional football. Although I was playing in a, in a good side with, with good players. And that must have been the benchmark for Eric to go to, to, to Johnny Benison in Liverpool and say, listen, there's got a kid here that you need to look at. Yeah, we need to get him in. So let, let's go back then to, now, now you've just turned pro. Um, I I know you've been you've been with Liverpool then for a, for a couple of weeks training and stuff. How does how does your life change then from being you know on the terraces following Liverpool to full time training and you know being a a professional so to speak? Um, life didn't change dramatically because again I'm I think again as I say I know I'm a humble person and I'm sort of like grounded by my family by me uh, my two brothers in particular my two older brothers. Um, my dad was a, a, a staunch Evertonian. Was he, yeah? Yeah, yeah. He was, he, was like, he used to work for the Everton on the pools and I used to have to go and deliver the pools on a, on a, on a weekend yeah. to his, um, his, his, uh, his clients, his customers. So he, was, he, he became really proud that obviously again he's working in Fords now as well. So most of the lads in Fords were Liverpool fans. And they were all coming up to him and saying, "I like uh, see you again. Your, your son's playing for the Reds. They were made up. He's not playing for the Blues." And um, it kind of like elevated from from there again. And 
the fact that I was the first black player again, it had a lot of significance, yeah. not only around the city, but outside of football, but within, within, within the club itself. And I tried to play it down rather than play it up. And people were coming to me and, and I was doing interviews and these are the questions that they were asking me. How was it like being the first black player to, to, to be involved in a, in a club that was just about to become a juggernaut? Yeah. So you, you sort of realise the significance of it, but you, at the same time, you probably don't want the burden of it. Yeah. You want to just be yeah. able to play yeah. footy and, and yeah. be a footballer, don't you? Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's exactly it again. I just wanted to play, play football. And um, it, it, it was a lot uh, uh, heavyweight on my shoulders because yeah. I was um, Liverpool in itself was going through a change. Liverpool 8 in itself was going through a, a, um, a, a phase where unemployment um, led to the injection inflation of the riots that came. Yeah. Yeah. And I just signed for Liverpool the year before. Before the the riots, sorry, I'd signed two years before the riots came, but um, I still lived in in the area. In fact, first thing the people did said told me to move out of Toxteth yeah. um, when I signed for them. But I, after work, first place I went was was Toxteth. That's where all my friends and all my family were. Yeah. So I'd, I'd go and lay my head in Mossley Hill. But during the day again, as I say, Liverpool, Anfield, Melwood, Granby Street. Yeah. Um. So I'd hang out with um with me mates and um it was it was it was hard because the the city again was going through a change. We even through through my father um something again that you you see today which people seen today and maybe didn't understand. My dad worked in Fords and one of the, the changes within Fords was automation. And they were bringing in robots to do put on the assembly lines rather than the manual worker. Yeah. So Forge was always on strike because of this, because they were trying to stop the the eventuality of robots and computers taking over the jobs of human beings. We didn't really see it. Again, it, it, it's it's much about what you see today. Everything is artificial intelligence. Yeah. Everything is a computer. Everything again is is replacing human beings, the jobs like and we didn't see this in um in the seventies and somebody had the foresight where they did. And I'd always ask the, the question again, why are Fords always on strike? Why are the Dockers always on strike? Why are people in Liverpool always on strike? Why are we so militant? Um, as you grow older and you learn a little bit more about the science of the city, um, where the cities come from you'd have a better understanding of why, of why we do things and why we're so vigilant and com- uh, compassionate about how we will get behind the cause and, and we'll stick with it. Yeah, no, totally agree. So did I read that your father was from Sierra Leone originally, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So my dad came from Sierra Leone as a, as a seaman um, and he settled here in, I think it was 1950. 54. Yeah, so not that long after the war yeah. then, really. Yeah, and it, was, it was right after the war. And um, he, he's married me, mum, and uh, he's had four children. Um, and I was the youngest of them. I had uh, an elder sister and two elder brothers. Yeah. 
So back to the footy then, and, and obviously you've got that sort of that that burden on your shoulders, let's say, um, and you're just trying to make, make your way in footy. How did it? Um, how did it feel sort of being integrated into that that squad at the time with sort of the, the big names and people that you'd obviously watched from afar? And, and well, I remember one of the first times again when when I first started going and training full full time at Melwood. We had a game and I was stood in the middle of the pitch and I was just looking like that. These are people that I've been on the cop on Anfield Road following all over the country. Yeah. Now I'm playing and training with them. Um, I heard the what's-the-name I shout for them. Um, I think it was Roy Evans. Um, away, away, get your ass in gear. Because again, I was starstruck. I've never ever seen this before. You know what I mean? I've been to Melwood and climbed on the wall yeah. um, Bill Shankly had come out and, yeah. and bring us in or he signed autograph for us and I'd never been in that sphere and for me again as I say I had to bloody shake myself and, um, and get back to it but it, it took me a while to, to adapt um, like to be players who'd be, who'd be running at me with the ball and I'd be going go on on you go I mean, there's no way I'd be thinking about kicking them or tackling them because again, they'd be my heroes. Yeah. So yeah. just yeah, hard to I get did, your head around it. Yeah. Didn't want to hurt them. Yeah. So obviously at that time, Liverpool's um, reserve team or second string, how you call it, eighteen, whatever, were probably could have held their own in the top division, couldn't they? Yeah. With some of the some of the players that that you looked at were in that yeah. that second string. Well, they were again. They were. Um, there was always a, a comment, and there was always. A, uh, like a eulogy of, uh, and there was there was a uh, a time where people were suggesting that we should play in the second division, but we couldn't get promotion. Yeah, because they couldn't have two teams yeah. from the same club yeah. in the same division. And um, I played in the reserves for five years, and we won the central league four out of the five years that I was there, and come second. Yeah, in the other years in Man City, which is no mean feat. Yeah, so um, who, who were the players in that team with you? Um, well, they just signed Steve Ogrisovic. Yeah, um, big Oggy in goal. Big Oggy. Yeah, was he as good looking back then? Or yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, again, with with Oggy, he comes to Liverpool just after the riots, and he was a special policeman. Was he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you should have sent some cards and talk. You should, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I I had banter with him again about it, and um, again, he, and he he, uh, he was a funny guy, big bloke. Um, at right back we had uh, Jeff Ainsworth. Left back was Brian Kettle. He was our captain. Yeah. Colin yeah. Irwin. You had lads who again who were who were coming down. Alan Anson had just signed in AC. Sorry, in 77, Alan Anson had just signed as well. We had Tomo playing in the reserves when he wasn't playing in the first team. Jeff Ainsworth, um, Trevor Birch, Sammy Lee, young lads uh, like Robbie Savage, yeah, Alan, Roberts, Ar- yeah. Alan Harper went to Everton. Yeah. Kevin Sheedy, Sheedy yeah. went to Everton. Um, again, you had senior pros who were coming to the end of the career. Cali, Peter Thompson. Yeah. Um, so, so Trevor Birch played up front. Max Thompson. Um, uh, another one. Um, it was it was full and again names again who who went on to to make the names at, at, at other clubs. But because Liverpool used to have a policy of don't fix what's not broken. 
Is I remember one season they went through the the, the league only using thirteen yeah. players. That that you've, you've you never had, see that again. You've hardly got a chance of you if yeah. you if you look at it that way. A successful team that only used thirteen or fourteen players. They, they back then they played through injury if yeah. they could. Yeah. Or or the yeah. you know magic sponges and all that. Yeah. And then now you look at it and there's nine subs. Yeah. Like you, the the appearances that people would have got from then yeah. compared to now. Would probably be tenfold, and you can understand to a certain extent that maybe sort of like the game's got a little bit quicker, and there's more energy um, exude. But but Liverpool were were the pilots of um, of pass and move. Yeah, and again, as I say, they they were just about to to become a, a juggernaut. But the success was based on continuity. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why again they didn't fix what wasn't broken. They didn't make changes for the sake of. In fact, he hated making changes, and um, with, with players um, getting injured and, and knocks, um, having to change teams again was it was a big thing for them, for, for having to replace um, again, especially the sorts of like keynote players like yeah. a centre back, uh, a central midfield player or, or a striker. Were you, were you always an attacker? Were you? Yeah. Yeah, again, because again, I was I, I learned at an early age to be able to use both feet. I could play anywhere um, along the front four. Yeah, excellent. So, your uh, your first involvement w- with the first team, then like playing time. So I've got on notes here. I've got could be wrong. Debut v City in nineteen eighty. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'd, I'd had a couple of subs um, uh, bench, uh, which. Which were non appearances, just like on a sub. But yeah, uh, the first game was um, Man City away. Um, I think we, we, we won 3 0. And I came off the, the bench. Um, and this was in the, I think this was in the, the beginning of March. And then I think it was the beginning of April. I played in that European Cup semi final in Munich. Yeah. So also on my notes there, it said you, you set up your armate Sammy Lee. You got a goal in that in that city. Yeah, game. yeah. Well, it was again. It was it was again. The that team again was was really good. It was. I mean, again, as I say, they just bought Daglish, and he transformed the club. We were we were lost. We were we had a little bit of kicking kicking forward, kicking rush with Keegan and Toshi when Kenny came. It changed our old how we played. We yeah. could play through him, yeah. um, and he was really, really good at it. He had good awareness, um, great ability. Um, used to back into players, um, and other other seeing other main mortals try to copy him in in, in, the, in the last stages of our life. But again, he was brilliant at it. Yeah, and he used to say, he used to, look, he used to look at your shadow. And have you seen that your shadow was there? The defender behind. He knew that the defender was on that side, so he turned that way. And if you look at a lot of his goals in the in the, in the beginning, he played with his back to goal, and he'd only half half a yard. He just turned, boom, and it was in. Yeah, top player, top player. Right. So I've also got notes here in in that second team that you um, you outscored Rushy quite quite regularly. Yeah, yeah. Again, as I say, uh, I was scoring twenty twenty five goals every season, yeah. um, and more. But they paid money for Rushi. Yeah, of course. Yeah, three hundred and thirty grand for them. So obviously, again, they've, they've got to legitimise having to pay that money. So um, Rushi got his chance. I'd uh, I'd been on loan 
to um, to Fulham. Um, I'd been recalled by the club. I didn't know I'd been recalled. I thought that I'd been sent back by Bobby Campbell, but I'd been recalled by the club because of uh, um, a lot of injuries. And I'd been recalled on the Monday and the club were playing West Ham. West Ham in, in what used to be the old Milk Cup and yeah. it was a replay at Villa Park and Rushy played. Rushy yeah. played, played Rushy. Um, I remember them smashing one against the crossbar as well. But um, yeah, Rushy got his chance before me. Um, again, to be fair, again, he was he was a great finisher. I was watching one of his games last night and um, he was a great finisher. But we had a, we had a good report. Yeah. As, as, I was going to say that, as, what was your partnership team. like? Yeah, it was very, very good. We were both quick. Um, we both worked again. We weren't greedy. It was all about again the, the team. It wasn't about how many goals that I scored. Um, if we got in two on one, we passed to each other yeah. rather than somebody taking the shot. Yeah, that was what that, you could say that about Rushy. He was never. Um, he was never trying to do skill on people or no, dribble. He was. He no. was. He was about he, racing through yeah. and putting the ball yeah, away. Simple did, as that. He didn't have that. He was a finisher. That yeah. was Rushy's business. He was a finisher. Um, again, maybe a weaker part of his game was doing what Kenny could do. Yeah, the link yeah. up, yeah. and that's why they, them two, were so good together. Yeah. But going in behind again, he was he was quick and he could finish. And you also would have had Davy Fairclough there at the, the time. Whip. Yeah, yeah the so, so there's there's plenty of um, there's plenty of selection headaches, isn't it, for the, for for those yeah. running the club? But obviously, if you're trying to come through at that time, yeah, it's it can be uh, well, difficult. Well, even with Davy Fairclough, like he was holding down a spot of the nickname he had was Super Sub. Yeah. So getting on the bench was difficult. Yeah. Because Davy so was so effective. And coming off the the, the, the bench and influencing in games. And if you can only have two or three subs. Yeah. Um, and again, the, the two or three subs only came in in, I think, 78, 79. After, again, as I say before, then it was only once. Yeah, yeah. It was just that so hard. So that, as you mentioned before, um, going from that, that City game and then a bit of a gap, how does it sort of pan out to you about this this trip to Munich? Obviously, the first leg we played the first leg with a few injuries at me because yeah. I remember. From obviously, I, I wasn't there. I was only just about born at the time. But yeah. looking back at it, Sunus missed the first leg, didn't he? And was it was it David Johnson as well? Yeah. And 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 I'm sure I'm think I think I'll tell him I played in the first leg. But we that season we've been obliterated with injuries. Yeah, just a freak, a yeah, bit of a freak season. And, and do, do, do do like they were meticulous Liverpool. Like the pitches that we trained on would suggest again, as I say, like we had a, a pitch at, at Melwood as soon as you went in, which you called the 18 pitch. Only the first team trained on that. They very, very rarely used the goals. Yeah, we always used the sticks and all them boards. And them boards. Yeah, but even again, even with it, with the boards again, with the size of a goal, we wouldn't. We would normally use sticks. There'd be two pitches on one half of the the on. One, one on one after pitch and one on the other after pitch, but it was a cross, and they'd use the white, the white what's the name sticks, the corner flags poles as the goals. Yeah, and um, we used to say that it must have a, a, an effect on you because you couldn't, well, you couldn't shoot from outside the box because it'd be really, really hard. And even on on a Friday morning, the games that we played, the goals would only be sort of like two meters wide. Yeah. So again, you'd have to be right in on goal to score and it has to be two of you. You'd very, very rarely be able to score on your own. So you'd need to draw you'd the You'd need goal. to link it, yeah. 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 So it did, again, it worked. 
So, so <clears throat> you get the shouts for for that game. I'll tell us the story behind that and yeah, how well, it panned out. At what time is to say we be? As you say we've been panned with a with a with a contested full of, of injuries, and um, we played. I think it was Derby County in the reserves at Anfield on the, on the Saturday, and the first team had, had, had been away somewhere, and I scored a hat trick. Yeah, on on the Saturday, and um, who was in charge of the, of, the, of that team at Ever. the time? Well, Roy Evans was he in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and went into work on on the on the Monday morning. They called through to say calling it work playing football, and. Um, Evo met me and he said, um, go home and pack your bags, you're going away with the first team. Um, both me and Sammy, Sammy dropped me home and then we went to his house and got our bags and we were on the plane um, to Munich and um, trained the night before the game as, as usual in the stadium. Trained again on the on the, the morning of the game, just a, a light training session, five aside, get the cobwebs out. Um, went back to the hotel, got our heads down and when we got to the to the ground, he named the team and named me as a sub. So, so weren't you even expecting to be no, sub? No, no, no. So um, I suppose it didn't give you time to get nervous, though. No, well, I think that's what it was. I think again, he didn't want he didn't want me thinking about it. Sleeping again, again, and again, it's it's careful planning and yeah. it's careful thinking. And and I'm sure again, he just didn't do it because I mean, I'm sure he would have done it with with all um, new players who were going through that spectrum. And then, because again, this was a European Cup semi-final. Yeah. And um, and there was doubts over Kenny went to being fit. Yeah. Again, as I say, he he um, he I think he he turned his ankle as well, but he was targeted. He targeted him in that game. Yeah. And was he touch and go to play anyway? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Again, he's, he he had a fitness test in the morning. Um, like anything else, again, you want to play in them games. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. And he was our talisman, Kenny. Know what I mean? And, and, and even like, even like now, those those lads who went to the game, they said that when we seen Kenny going off, we just thought that that was it. Art sunk, yeah. I mean, for that for the year, and then they said that after watching you for ten minutes again, our hopes were built up. It's right, boss. Yeah. So so then, obviously, Kenny gets targets, targets gets a few whacks, has to come off. Are you expecting them to put Rushy on? Is Rushy on the yeah. bench as well? Yeah. So why, why didn't Rush, he put Rush on? Rushy, Jimmy Case, um, Rich, no Richard Money played. Richard Money played, played fullback, didn't yeah, he? Because because Kelly Belly was injured, yeah. But he was, he was, he was. I think um, Colin yeah, Colin played, yeah. played in that game. I think Ket Brian Kettle um, would have been a sub, and he was he was the other one. I'm not sure whether Trevor Birch again would have been a sub, but we're all sitting on 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 the bench. Um, Oggy Oggy was a sub, yeah. Because Clem was in goal. And we're all sitting on the bench, and I'm sitting on the uh, uh, on the end. And the shout went along the bench, um, "How we get warmed up?" But I only heard "get warmed up" because I was on the far end of the bench, and it, the, the messages got passed along. And get Chinese whispers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying to pass this message on, and it's me. So when I've looked again, Joe shouts at me now, "Get warmed up! Get warmed up!" So I'm thinking, "Wow!" What I mean? Again, I'm I'm looking at. These players that they're leaving on the bench. But again, Rushy played in the first team, but um, they'd done the due diligence on 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 Munich. I knew that they they, they were slow at the back. Yeah, and, and uh, within a couple of minutes again, now I was on. So how does how does it feel just walking out to, for 
one, not expecting to be going, then not expecting to be on the bench, yeah. not expecting to be playing, so just walking on yeah. in a, in the European semi-final. It's, 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 it's a couple of things again, it's exciting. Um, I'm sure I would have been breathless. Yeah. Um, trying to get me breath in what was going on. But also, again, as I knew professionally that I, I, I had to do a job, um, I looked behind the goal and there's 10,000 Liverpool fans there, a lot of them, again, as I say, I'd, I'd been with them on European trips and away trips, and I know how much it must have felt to them um, seeing, like, one of their own, because, yeah. again, the report that I got when I went on, you know I mean, again, they, 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 those lads who, who've been regulars watching this, the reserves knew how good I was and knew what, what to expect. Yeah. And um, within, I think it was about 15 minutes of me coming on again, I'd... I'd uh, been brought down for what should have been a penalty. Stonewall, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And um, the referee, again, even the Germans were bloody shouting penalty. The <laughs> referee must have been the only person in that, that, that stadium who didn't think so. Yeah. My uh, my boxing pad man, Mick Steve, always said, um, we, we were speaking about that, and he said he was listening to it on the radio at the time. Yeah. And he said, uh, he said him and his half-fellow were on the radio. We'd have been a teenager probably at the time. And he said... Um, just coming through the radio, all I could hear was, they can't deal with Gail. He's terrorising them. And um, he's yeah. like, that's like a vivid memory, he said, of, of yeah. me, footy, me footy life. That sticks out like, like a, like a, yeah, a boss moment. There was, there, was, there was no live games then. The only live games we had was like the, the final of the European Cup or the FA Cup final. Yeah. And um, everyone listened to it on the radio. Radio City was, was the main source. Of, um, of listening to the Liverpool games and the amount of comments that I've had about people saying that was that the hearts dropped when he had Kenny was coming off but after five or ten minutes of me being on the spirits were raised again now because they're in the comments he's saying that yeah. I'm tearing the backside out yeah, of them giving them a, giving them a hard time yeah, a solid time yeah there's obviously a team that included like Ruminiga Paul Breitner yeah. You know, well, if, I think for about five or six of their team, have played in the previous World Cup final. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was a f- it was full of experience. Yeah. I suppose then you were like a secret weapon then to them. I can imagine. Yeah. Well, again, as I say, the the the, the gaffer said after the game that they they'd done the due diligence on them. Um, he said that the the Germans were meticulous in their planning, so they wouldn't have known anything or expected me. Yeah. And, um, when, I, when I've gone on now again as I say it must have been uh, a shock to them because every time I got the ball I was running past them and they couldn't catch me and they were fouling me and fouling me bringing me down and it was taking a lot of pressure off, off our de- off, off, off our defence and they were now starting to man mark me so again as I say that's even better for me again because I'm just going to take you to places that you don't want to go yeah I'm and free up space for yeah, everyone else yeah, yeah so um it's uh, it it worked out for us on in the day again. It ended up in a bit of a disappointment because um, they took me off. Yeah. Um, with about seven minutes to go. Because of the booking, no one. Yeah, but again, as I said, that was the first. I think I realise now that the ref, the, the the boss didn't trust the referee. Yeah. I don't think it was that he, he didn't trust me. I think it's because he didn't trust the referee. That was the first foul that I committed in the game. Yeah, and he already um, hasn't given you the pen. Yeah. So, so he doesn't like it from yeah, the start, does yeah, he? Yeah. Yeah, so again, as I say, I think they were thinking 
they didn't do what he said. I didn't want to go into extra time um, with ten men. And I, I, again, I was I was adamant that I wouldn't have got sent off. Yeah, yeah. See, mm-hmm. also there, obviously, it's well documented that you were taking a lot of abuse, weren't you, from yeah. from the German, yeah. the German fans. But that was that was again no no worse than again playing in the reserve, taking abuse every week. Yeah. Whether, or whether I be on the streets again, taking taking abuse. What, what I'm trying to say is, Bob Paisley, he doesn't, he he probably wouldn't understand. He he'd, yeah. he might think, how what would I do in that situation? Yeah. But obviously, you're used to that, and yeah. you you've sort of built a thing on. Um, well, I'll show you. Yeah. You know. You know. Yeah, that, that was your attitude. Yeah. I got faster. Yeah. Yeah, you you do that and I'll do this yeah. and see you see who comes out on top. You know that that type of attitude. He was probably thinking if I put myself in that situation, I I might lose my idea. Yeah, and it could have been a little bit of overthinking. Plus, obviously, you're a young well, you're a young lad as well, aren't you? So well, I think it was earlier on that season I got sent off for the first time um, at Anfield uh, playing against Berry, and there was a scouts. There was a few scouts playing for Berry, and uh, he. Uh, this lad tackled me from behind. Um, I've jumped up and eyeballed him. And he sort of like said to me, um, like, go on, what are you going to do, you nigger? Yeah. And before he got niggered out of his mouth, I battered him. Yeah. And ended up getting sent off. So I'm thinking, shit. You know what I mean? Here's Buddy, what's the name here now? I'm going to get this on Monday morning. Yeah. So that was a bad weekend for me. That again, I, I was fuming. With myself, um, I went in and see the gaffer. That's who first thing Monday morning. Went in and seen Bob. Um, he went saying, "He said the reason why we signed you there is because you're a good player, and you've got ability, and you've got ability that other people haven't got." And he said the only way that they're going to stop you is by fouling you or getting you to do the thing that you did on Saturday which has got you sense off. He said, yeah, we're going, I think I'd, I'd already, we were tuning up that game and I'd scored. He said, but you're, you're letting your teammates down. He said, they've got to play with 10 men for, for the duration of the game. And he said, that that's not good for you. Yeah. And I learned that lesson. So, um, so I suppose, like what you said then, for, you can take that on f- forward and, and what I've seen and, and documented and read about, you've said that any abuse that you took on that type of, type of terms you've gone well I'll fucking show you yeah. you know what I mean keep, yeah. keep, keep it coming and I'll, I'll yeah. show you what I can do yeah. I'll get faster and stronger yeah. and, and better yeah. and I thought that they would have seen that in that game against Munich and um, as I say I, the Paisley said he seen that you, you were tired and was, how did you feel about it? I could well have been because yeah. I put a lot into that game emotionally as well yeah. though wasn't it yeah. yeah but again we were going into, into extra time yeah. and I knew that there was going to be spaces that I could run into, yeah, yeah, and I'd have found something from somewhere to 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 utilize that. But again, as I say, he said that he didn't want to go into extra time with ten men. Um, if he'd have said to me like you were tired and da 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 da, and maybe I, I could have understood that. Yeah. So but, who, who did you come off for? Who come on? Jimmy Case. Jimmy Case, come on, and then. And then we got the goal. Didn't yeah. we? So the, the last the, the two goals were in the last ten minutes, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, and again. I had to forget all my me, me, me own trials and tribulations leading up to that because, again, at the end of the day, I'm a Liverpool fan. Yeah. Um, we're going through to the European final. Yeah, you're disappointed you come yeah, off, but yeah, you made up. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah and again, I apologise to the, to the gaffer after the game. I know what I mean. 
and just said to him, listen, I'm sorry I did it around because uh, I was just fuming because I thought I had more to offer. And um, he just went, yeah, well, you know what I mean? Well done today. Yeah. But um, for for me, again, as I say, I forgot about all the other shit because, again, this was Liverpool and I'm going to a, a European Cup final again. Yeah. And I knew the impact that it would have on the streets of Liverpool because yeah. we'd been going through... Uh, a bad period a tough time yeah yeah so them, them sort of Saturday afternoon um, feelings that, that come round I know the joy that it would give to the Liverpool fans who were who were following the, the club all over the, all over the, the all over Europe so that that, that goes down as, as obviously one of the best results in, in Liverpool's history done it over the two legs with all you know I don't know well again the, the, the best result is obviously Istanbul yeah, you know what I mean, but again, at people, the time, people, at the time, it was though. people riff off a very, very good Liverpool side. Yeah, and as I say, there was Sammy Lee, um, Richard Money, Colin Irwin, who never got any praise for that game. I got it all. I got all the accolations, but they were brilliant. Yeah, I mean, Colin Irwin again, as I say, he was on a par with Alan Hansen. Um, Richard Money, I played with him at Fulham. And I'd recommended him to the club. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they'd asked me about it. So did he played. Did he? He played fullback instead of he Kennedy. Played, didn't he? he played left back. Yeah, yeah. 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 And um, Sammy marked Paul Brightner after the game that night. Yeah, top player, Sammy. Yeah, he was. And and again, so when you when you when you look at the the task that we had with all the injuries and to to come out on top, we had all the components in the right place. To say ten thousand scouts going over to to Germany, um, we drew nil-nil here and we could have gone out easily. Yeah. I mean, over there. I think that's why he said that he paid it's one of his most satisfying yeah. like results. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. So so then after that, you get home, you go into a final. Have you, are you thinking in your head, I need to get, I need to keep some games in here to get to this final so I'm involved? Yeah. Well, again, it's, uh, I had sort of like a, a fair idea because of the impact that I'd made in that semi-final that... I would at least be travelling away with them, yeah, um, and maybe again at least being 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 on the bench because um, it was Real Madrid. Um, they had Lottie Cunningham playing yeah. on the left wing for them. And again, they had our household names um, playing for them, um, and we had the best support, yeah. and that's where that accounts for. A lot of the victories and the, and the turnarounds in our club's history is the fans. The fans have never given up on on the what's the name, and and it was sort of like an expedition for them. Um, again, I've been on the other side of the fence, going to away games and travelling away and, and getting the midnight train from Lime Street to London, getting into London six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, um, it's taking yeah, a lift. Yeah, all of that, and you did whatever you whatever whatever it took to get to the game. That was your, that was your, your mission, your task. And I know a lot of again lads who who got to train from Liverpool into Paris and then across to to Germany. And again, some of them bunked it. Yeah, and I mean, a bunker train from 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 Liverpool. To Germany is a, an amazing feat. <laughs> yeah, it's a feat in itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Stevie Gerrard said. The knee if yeah. there was it, uh, if the final was on the moon, the yeah, scouts get yeah, there. Yeah. So, so obviously you get named in that squad. Um, what what's it like for you to build up the you know the anticipation of it? Yeah, the game is uh, it's uh, the build up was was low key. 
the the club were very very good uh keeping everything on a level never got excited about it they appreciated the position that we were in well we were we were playing in the final against the formidable side in Real Madrid and um, we'd won the European Cup more times than us yeah. and um but I knew that we were with Liverpool and I, I knew whatever the outcome was was that we give a good account of ourselves and we played on a poor pitch. It was the Parc de France and they played, France had played Wales, I don't think it was, on the um, this previous Saturday and he didn't cut the grass. Yeah. It was it was horrible for, um, um, and we were saying because we trained on it um, in the morning. How can this be a, a, a pitch for a European Cup final? I mean, because again, it was they had ruts in it. Um, it had a, a, a big covering on it because it was a, they were using it for rugby and they were trying to soften the contact of the ground. But um, it was it was it wasn't it wasn't a football pitch. It was horrible to play a game on there. And I think that's why the game was lacking in chances and goals because of, of what it was. Yeah. So. You're on the bench there, you're seeing how, how the game sort of panning out and you, you're just about to get the nod, weren't you, as, yeah. as, as legend goes? Yeah, well, again, I could, I was think I was, I was sat next to um, the coaching staff and they were talking about who they were going to, what's the name, who they were um, going to change, yeah. who they were going to take off. And um, it was Kenny. And when I'm warming up, I'm right behind Alan Kennedy in the corner. And he's burst into the box, and I'm thinking, just get it onto Ray, Ke- onto Ray Kennedy's head, and he didn't. Just kept he going, smashed it, yeah. in the box. ran through, ran through the leg of someone to yeah. get there, didn't he? Yeah, as well, yeah. yeah, and smashed it, and it and it went in. Um, unbelievable sounds are again. I'm running up and down the line. Obviously, I'm, I mean, um, I found it difficult to sometimes detaining myself from being a player and being a fan. Yeah, and. Um, there was only three minutes to go. Um, they, they, they were bringing off Kenny and they were going to put me on. Yeah. And they put Jimmy Case on and said that... Uh, that yeah, shut up, shut up. Yeah, the games, this game, if we can get through the next three minutes, we've won it. Yeah. And we didn't need any more goals. Yeah. So it was, um, it was obviously a t- tactical yeah, no, decision. No, but it was, it, was, it was obviously, again, it was experience yeah. over, over, over youth. And again, as I say, I... I, I I appreciated that. I knew why they were doing it. I'd love to have got on, but I knew again, as I say, that the 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 team always come first. Yeah. Um, the application again of bringing on an experienced player from um, a young player again, as I say, again, they are bad to hell me on. I've no doubt about that. But I understood what they did and why they did it. So the whistle goes. Then you're obviously part of. Uh you're part of, of modern history now, aren't you? You, 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 yeah. you? You've got, you're up there going to lift the European Cup. What does it feel for, obviously, a lad who's supported Liverpool, followed Liverpool, play, played in the semi-final, now you're, you're up there in that line ready, ready to lift the, the uh, trophy? Yeah, again, it was, it, 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 all, it all came and went so fast as well. So, so all of it from finishing the game to going back to the hotel, to talking and chatting to the media. Then we had a, like a, a, a celebratory dinner. Um, and then we went to, some of us went to the um, 
Uh, what's that place where they used to have the, the strippers on? The Moulin Rouge. The Moulin Rouge, <laughs> yeah. With the dancers and that. And, and we got invited to there. Um, then we went back to the to the to the kind of like the the, the party or the hotel. Um, but the the best part was going to be the next day. Yeah, coming home. Yeah, yeah that, that as a again as as a as a, a Liverpool fan, a Liverpool player, that's the the best moment in in. Trophy in trophy hunting is going around the city on an open top bus. I can imagine. I can imagine. And, and as I say, the things in your life that you that I've forgotten about in football, but I'll never ever forget that. Well, and I, I've done it twice. I've done it in '78 when we beat um, what's the name at Wembley. Um, yeah, yeah, and you've you've gone. It was Bruges, wasn't it? Bruges. Yeah, and, and you've and you've got on that bus as well, boss. Yeah, and I remember the what's the name the um, Clive Tilsley. Of, um, he, he was then Radio City and he was saying to me he's interviewing me and Sammy at the back of the bus um, and he said uh, I bet you'd love to be part of this isn't it like, uh, next year and I think that that was 78 and this was now 81 and getting the opportunity again to to go around the city and, and, and that was the first time again that the bus came through our community of Liverpool. It went down Princess Avenue. Brilliant. And again, surreal. So, Cyril. so really, you you don't even know how significant that moment could be when you've got young black lads or or, or other other minority lads yeah. looking up at you on that bus, thinking yeah. I can do that. Yeah. Because, like what you said before, there was no sort of trailblazers yeah. before you in your time, and no one to look at after a yeah. pathway. Yeah, we never had no 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 real positive role models again, and and especially again within within sports, we had again some academics and um, and people like that. But again, because Liverpool was it was now a, a juggernaut, it was known all around the yeah. world. And what I did and the impact that I made was known now all around the world. And we we were we were just about to go through the 1981 riots. And I knew the, the disposition that we were having within our community, um, high, unemplo- high unemployment um, within, the, within the city. Um, the, only, the only sort of like escapism that we had was that both teams, Liverpool and Everton, were doing really well on the football front. Yeah. So the city, again, its profile was being recognised by the two football clubs. And the, the, from a, a, a pride um, point of view, again, we had something that we could shout about. There was something positive coming out of Liverpool. And that was the, the football team. So seeing all of those people, my mate, um, Paul Achebe Rucci, he ran from Speak Airport all along, what's the name, um, Mather Avenue. Um, like Forest Gump, yeah, like, yeah. like behind the coach. Yeah, and again, and we were talking to each other, you know what I mean, it's bouncing off each other. And um, I think I'm, I'm, I think he'd done the old route, right around Gaffield and, 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 and stuff like that. And, and, and I'll never forget moments like that, because I know, Again, how much it, it meant. Um, because of 
there was so much negativity coming out of Liverpool. Yeah, it was a release. Here's something again that was that was positive, and there's somebody who was black, who's part of that positivity. Yeah, brilliant. I can, I can only imagine what that must have felt like. So uh, as 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 far as um, Liverpool career going after that, you probably felt like you didn't get the opportunities that you, you should have at the time. How did, how did it sort of pan out for you? Yeah, again, as I say, we used to have a saying in, in the club that you, you need 300 games to be calling yourself a regular in that team. And it was like a, a, a handover fist joke, but it was, it was true. And even players who were senior pros would be anxious on maybe on a match day to see whether you were in the, the team or the squad. And I thought that that end of season um, contribution that I'd had would have got me more games the next season. Yeah. Um, we played a, we always used to play a pre-season game at Anfield the week before the season started. It was the reserves against the first team. And we beat the first team 6-0. No way. <laughs> and I, I'd scored two in that game. So again, I knew that I was progressing and I was developing. And I knew that I could cope with playing in the first team um, at Anfield or with anywhere. And um, I wasn't getting on. And I was doing well in the reserves. Um, I was, again, I was top goal, goal scorer in the reserves that season. Um, Roy Evans um, got hold of me one day and he said, listen, um, the first team were playing away at Ipswich and again, we'd had uh, a proliferate of injuries to, and Kenny, again, was, was injured. So, um, again, on the Wednesday or the Tuesday in the reserves, I scored a hat-trick in the reserves and the gaffer and the staff were watching me. So, come the Saturday, we had all of these injuries. The first team were playing away at Ipswich and everyone was thinking, everyone was saying, I mean, again, you're going to be going away with the first team, even maybe as 13th man. Um, I'm thinking, well, there's a good opportunity now that, that that's going to be the case. Um, Roy Evans came out of what's the name? They had a team meeting at Melwood. And Roy Evans came out to me and he said to me, um, if I were you, he said, I'd start looking for another club. He said, I've just been batting your case in there. He said, they're not having it. Oh. So as soon as I heard that, I was absolutely gutted. Because now again, as I say, I've, I've got to be thinking about leaving. I've got to plan the leaving exit. So um, I went in and seen the gaffer, I think, the day next weekend. Asked them why I wasn't getting any chances and why they didn't. He said, I'll just hang on. And I just said, listen, Gaffer, do us a favour. Put my name on the transfer list and circulate my name, please. And the Gaffer said that life's not always greener on the other side of the bridge, you know. And I just said, well, to be honest with you, Gaffer, I'm here. I think I've done enough and it's not greener here for me neither. Yeah, so, I just want to play. Yeah, I just want. I'm, I'm at that stage now where I'm getting stale. And in the deserts, it's too easy for me. Yeah, and it must be hard having nights like that in Paris and then having to play in the yeah. Resis. It's, it's yeah. hard to get Go your back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so you're playing in front of 70,000 people. 
And then you're going and playing in front of 4,000 people in the reserves. Yeah, I can imagine. So, <clears throat> it's come to the point where you've realised you, you're going to have to leave Liverpool. It's, you, your name's been circulated. Where are you going? Um, I'd, as I say, I've done the loan spell at, um, at, at Fulham. Um, Terry Mack had left the club and gone to Newcastle. Yeah. And hooked up there with Kevin Keegan. Um, Kevin was God up there. And I remember watching them playing at Rotherham and battering Rotherham. Um, and again, another club of fanatical support. And I remember playing in the reserves earlier on that season, played at Newcastle. We beat them 4 0 up there, and I'd done really well. And Terry and Kevin have gone to Arthur Cox and said that our girls coming out of Liverpool. He's asked for a transfer request. So Arthur's gone straight in on the phone to the club and said, um, can we take him on loan to have a look at him? So the bosses said, yeah. And it was, I think it was the 9th of December, just before Christmas, that um, the gaffer called me in and said, that uh, Newcastle have asked, can you take him on loan? Do you want to go? Um, Teddy Mack had already primed me, you know what I mean, that they'd been in for me. So I said, yeah, I'll go, I'll go and have a look. And um, I went up there, I was up there for for a month. And they asked could they have me for another month. And the club said, yeah. And in between that, Birmingham came in. And Liverpool rang me up and said that um, we've accepted an offer of 75 grand from Birmingham. Um, Newcastle haven't got the money to pay for you. Yeah. So I left Newcastle, got the train down to Birmingham and signed for them. No way, it's mad. I've it sort of pans out in it. And, yeah. And then one minute you're up there, like with people you know, and next minute you're down in, in Birmingham. So how, how did it go for you there? Yeah, well, again, my me, me first game for Birmingham was at Anfield. No way, was yeah, it? Yeah, debut for Birmingham was at Anfield. Um, and it was a, it had really good players, but was short of maybe three or four. And you couldn't carry plays in, in, in those days. And um, I went down and I met Ron Saunders. And he, again, he was a scouser, again, from, from Birkenhead. And he said that, again, we've, we've, I've been watching you for a while now and we'd like you to come here and we're, on a, we're trying to build something here. And I knew some of the lads that I played against um, when he was manager of Villa, Noel Blake and Robert Hopkins, they were playing for Villa, but yep. they were Birmingham City fans playing for Aston Villa. So um, I knew them. Yeah, the gaffer said that we're going through changes here, that we're, we're trying to get rid of the dead wood, the old wood, and he named them. And um, he said that, I think that you're part of the future here. And I want you to, to come and join us. So um, I didn't want to go back to Liverpool. I couldn't go back to Newcastle now because I'd, I'd gone and had talks for, for another club. Going back, there, I thought that would have been a step backwards because Newcastle couldn't afford me. Yeah. I mean, they'd, they'd, been, they'd had me for two Yeah, months. there was no outcome there, yeah, was there? Yeah. yeah. So um, I would have ended up going back to Liverpool. Yeah. So I said, yeah, and signed for them. And um, as I say, the, the first game was at Anfield. Horrible with the experience. And that was difficult in itself. I've got a great reception again from, from the crowd and from, from the cop. But going back and playing against that, I used to hate it. Playing against your own, you know what I mean, like your own team. 
you know, in club again. Uh, I, 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 I found it difficult getting my head round it. Yeah. I found like I was an imposter. It's mad that, isn't it? Because obviously you've played against them players yeah. for years in training yeah. and it's no, you yeah. know. Yeah, but again, you, you're thinking, God, have I scored here? I'm damaging Liverpool here. And all my mates and my family and whatever. But again, as I say, I, I, I had to be professional. Um, and and I, I think that I was, but I, 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 I struggled in that game. Yeah, yeah, could, you, really could you just feel yeah, it that it yeah, wasn't going to happen yeah, for you? Yeah. So the next move, Sunderland, how did that come about? Um, it was a bit of a mismatch again. We were, I, I'd, I'd signed for Birmingham um, because Ron Saunders had this beef with the media, didn't like talking to the media and wouldn't talk to the media because they caned him over some, something that he'd done or said while he was Aston Villa manager. And he wouldn't talk to the media. He used to send um, one of his staff out to do the press and whatever. And um, uh, he said to us that um, we're going to go through a, 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 a phase here where nobody likes us. And that's what he, 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 he instilled into the, the changing room was a them and us. Yeah, siege mentality. Yeah, type, yeah. yeah, them and us policy. So he'd gone to the board in... I think it was the January and the old transfer deadline then used to be March. It wasn't like January how it is now. And he gone to the board and he said to the board, I need some funds to strengthen the squad because we again, we'd had two injuries that were long-term injuries and again, the squad couldn't carry. Um, he was having to use inexperienced players. So the board told him no. Yeah. So we were, we were now delegates for relegation. So, um, come the end of the season, we got relegated. Uh, we got relegated on the last game of the season. Um, at home to Spurs, we drew nil-nil and we needed to win. And after that game, um, I went off to play for the England under-21s. I was involved in the squad and we played up at, um, at Bramall Lane. And this was the Euros, wasn't it? Yeah. 84. Yeah. 84, yeah. Um, while I was up there again, as I say, um, I'd been rang by the club and they said that um, Sunderland had seen me playing in that what's-the-name in that, the, the Euros, and they put a bid in for me. And I'm, I'm thinking, on the move again. I've only been at Birmingham for, for 18 months. And I'm thinking, why is the gaffer selling me? When I've, I've got home, I had a look at it, um, went up and met Sunderland. Um, they'd made the big impact on me the, in my me, in me first season. Because the last game of the season, we played Sunderland. The last game of the season at Anfield. And they had to win to stay up. And Stan, Stan Cunhams, this was before the, um, the game in uh, Paris. That was our last game of the season. Because um, there was... There was a lot of rhetoric from the other clubs because Bob Paisley is from Sunderland and they were saying that we threw the game to keep them up. To keep them up. But he wasn't again we all had our mind on yeah, the European yeah. Cup final. Yeah. And I started in that game and he ended up taking me off. But I remember the support Sunderland brought, like Birmingham. There was something that happened when Birmingham came to Anfield and it left a mark with me. Same as Sunderland, yeah. how again how they supported the team that day. 
And um, do you reckon you took extra notice to that because of your own fan culture and going away? Yeah, and being, yeah, again, being like, well, you, you, your support is 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 your be all, yeah, and you get good support, fervent support, and it's unequivocal. You've got a chance, yeah, in in life or within the game, and 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 they were brilliant that day. They they even outsung the cop, yeah, and um, I got taken off, and I remember the gaffer saying to me that you'll be all day, you'll be here all day, son. And things won't get better for you, because he was saying that a lot of the senior pros were saving themselves for this Champions League yeah. to final in Paris. Just going through the motions. Going through really. the motions. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as I say, uh, I'm up off the road to to Sunderland. Um, I've I've signed I've signed for them, and then as I've looked back at Birmingham City, the gaffer has sold all the assets. He sold nobly. To um, Portsmouth, he sold Hoppy. I think Hoppy went to Man City. Mick Harford went to Luton, and Tony Colton went to QPR. Sold the backbone of his team yeah. because he said that when he was at Villa, when he left Villa, Tony Barton took over and won the European Cup with his team. So he said that that's never going to happen. Yeah, that's again. not going to happen again. You know yeah. what I mean? So he sold us all off. And um, I went to Sunderland and um, spent two seasons there. And the first season again was um, with a guy called Len Ashurst. Yeah. And Len was on a, a like a pre-contract where he had to prove himself to the club before the club gave him a proper deal. A proper, proper deal. So he's bought me... Um, and a, and a few other players, and, and he had one or two good players like Barry Venison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was there? Um, Sean Elliott. He just brought Gary Bettis from Man City. Um, we had Mark Proctor. Um, who else? Who else was there? Stan Cummins, um, Clive Clive Walker from Chelsea, um, Gordon Chisholm. We had a great goalkeeper in um, what's the name Turner. He left. He left and went to Sheffield Wednesday. Chris Turner, yeah. great goalkeeper. And um, he was on a contract, a provisional contract. And what we did was we got to the final of what was then called the Milk Cup. And um, we were all playing our socks off to get the manager the job because yeah, he, he seemed all right and did that around. Um, we played away at, um, at Watford. The first game was called off because of um, Watford had a few players who were injured and he wanted to get them fit. So we travelled all the way down to Watford the night before. They sprayed water on the pitch and the pitch froze over, so the game got abandoned. So we had to go back the next week. By that time, Watford had had their players, they were fit. But um, we ended up we ended up beating them. And we played Chelsea then. Um, no, sorry, we played was it, was it? It was Spurs away in the semi-final, and we beat them. Um, we drew nil-nil with them at home, and beat them 2-1 away. And um, we got to the final, and the next day, the club gave Len Ashurst a three-year contract, backed on the fact that what he'd just done. Yeah, a good, a good run, a good yeah. run. So, the, sat- the next Saturday at home now, full house, we're playing. Um, oh, who was it? Who was it? We were. We were playing. 
I'm not sure that it was somebody like um, was it was it Leeds or was it um, I think it was Leeds or it may even been Everton. Um, Len came in the changing room before the game, and he changed, and he said that this is the team for today. Ia yadio If anyone doesn't like it, come and see me on Monday morning. Um, he'd left Gordon Chisholm out, and Chizzy had scored the winner in the Wednesday game against yeah. against Spurs. So we gone a bit gangster. It was it was Leicester who we played, Leicester. and they had Lineker and Alan Smith up front. Both of them scored two each. We got smashed at home in that game, 4 0. This is straight after the what's the name? But the manager deflated the whole changing room. He walked in the changing room and said, This is the um he got the the the, the contract on the Friday, signed his contract on Friday, come in the changing rooms on the Saturday, done that, walked out, and there was just silence. Silence in the changing room. And everyone just started getting changed, and there was again this silence was going on, and everyone felt for Chizzy. I mean, he scored the winner on the Wednesday, and the manager's done that in front of all of us. Anyway, we went out on the pitch, and they couldn't get anything out of us. We got absolutely smashed by Leicester, and we couldn't win a game after that. No way. Went to, went to that final, and um, the week before the final, the Milk Cup final, we played Norwich away at Carroll Road and beat them 3-1. And we're playing them the following Saturday at Wembley, and, and we were better than them. But because again, as I say, what, what he'd done, um, I think... The morale had gone, yeah, hadn't it? Yeah, it gone. We'd lost it. We'd lost all respect for them. And again, we ended up get, getting relegated that season, and he got sacked, and he brought in... Lottie Mac, my enemy, we used to call him. Mac, <laughs> my enemy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he was even worse. Fake, he was. Was he, yeah? Yeah. In terms of what he a face and what he No, well, again, as I say, he won the FA Cup, didn't he, with Southampton, that win against Southampton, against West Ham. Um, he was dining on that. And what his trick was, he used to fill his teams full of experienced players like Alan Ball, Peter Osgood. Um, what's the name? Trevor Brooklyn. Trevor Brooklyn. I mean, players like that. He used, that's he used to, used to fill his team full of players like that, experienced players that he didn't have to coach. They just did it for him. Mick Mills was another one. So yeah. when he came to to Sunderland, now he's um, he's inherited a, a fairly young side. So he brought in players like Dave Swindlehurst. Um, What's his name? He used to play right back for um, for Ipswich, George Bailey. Um, Frank Clark, that used to play for Leeds. Yeah, uh, brought in some older heads, yeah, didn't like Bob it. Boulder, brought Bob Boulder from, uh, from Liverpool. Yeah, Boulder. And he brought in about five or six players and tried to divide the changing room. Um, he didn't like me and Hodgie. Because me and Hodgie had been brought up at Liverpool, we knew what a good team was and what a good manager was. And he knew that we knew about him. Yeah, so you're get, get them out of there. Yeah, so again, after um, the first season, he, he, he tried those same tactics of putting out experienced players, but he divided the changing room and the changing room went against him because the experienced players now were saying, well, he's the manager. 
and he's not giving us anything. He's not giving us no direction, no way how we're playing and whatever. He's expecting us to work for it. He's getting all the big books. Um, we're going to get the blame. So, um, they ended up at the end of the season. We played, um, I think it was Stoke. Um, we needed to win to stay up. Um, he, he, he put me on, he put me on. We'd, we'd had beef earlier on. We played, um, we played Wimbledon away and we played Norwich away. We played Norwich away midweek and stayed down there and went to, went to Wimbledon because we played Wimbledon on a Saturday. So we're, we're getting changed. Um, I, played, I played in the game against Norwich and done all right. So we're getting changed for the game on, on the Saturday against Wimbledon. We all just thought that it was going to be the same as came in the changing room said this is the team um, Howard you're on the bench and I've looked at him like what do you mean so I said I thought that you were keeping the same team he went no making a change and you're on the bench and it was arrogant and I mean so I'd fell out with him um, again after that we got smashed down there by, by Wimbledon as well um, fashion you battered us all over the place um, that was it between me and him and any ex- any excuse he got now. So the last game of the season, we're, um, we're playing uh, Stoke and we drew nil-nil with them. Um, with about, I think it must have been about 10 minutes to go. Again, I'd done well in the game. He took me off. And I remember somebody in the press um, saying that that could have been his last game. So whether he'd been talking to the press about who he was going to be getting rid of, so anyway, he, 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 he took me off and took my shirts off and threw it at him and walked down the tunnel, fuming at him I was. So um, on the Monday morning, we all had to go in and see him to see who was getting a contract or not. So um, as I say, he didn't like me and Oji, so me and Oji again were, were up first and um, Oji went in first and um, he sort of like quizzed Oji and... Yeah, yeah, deal. Um, told Oji that uh, I think I, I'm sure that he wanted money for Oji, but then I, I, I went in, and um, he said to me, "I see, or I hear that you've been taking your boots out of the boot room." I went, "Yeah." He went, "Well, why are you doing that?" So I said, "Are you going to give me another contract here?" He went, "Well, no." And I went, "Well, fuck off then," and got up and walked out, <laughs> and um, and um. He went, I'm going here. I just again walked out the door. He just told me what what, what the outcome was going to be. They're not offering me another contract, so yeah, I don't want to be here. Yeah. About, you know what I mean? So um, I've got out, got my stuff, and said goodbye to the lads, and um, and walked out, and ended up um, going to America. Um, while in America, it, again, as I say, the, he was he'd been loading himself, McMenemy, as the. The, the, that's what we used to call him, the Messiah. Yeah. He used to come, he, he comes to the club and he's going to change our fortune. So all the lads named him the Messiah. And it didn't work Jesus. out that way. Yeah. So you briefly touched on it then about the, those, uh, the Euros before you signed for Sunderland. So it was England under-21s in the European Championships, yeah. which they won. Yeah. Um, and obviously uh, you, you were part of that. I looked, at, looked up the team England team at the time, so it had quite a lot of uh, an Everton influence in it, didn't it? So, 
Derek Mountfield, Paul Bracewell, Dave Watson, uh, Gary Stevens. As you said, then Mark Haitley, you got a big move off the end of it, off that. Um, and he played against Spain in the final over two legs. Um, 3 0 win, you got yourself a goal in, in one of the legs. What what was that like, the experience playing for the, uh, the under 21s? Never really turned me on, you know, playing for England. No. No, no. And again, one of the shouts was is that we're scouts, we're not English. And that was something, again, that always went round again on, on the terraces, again, at Goodison as well as um, at Anfield. Um, I'd never, ever been looked at colonialism and the role that it played in enslaving um, our culture. To me, wearing that badge, um, again, a few years again, I turned down an MBE because of the, the same thing. But it was a game of football for me and at international level. And it gave me the chance again to to test myself yeah. again as I thought. But I was overage. I think I was twenty three, playing in the twenty the twenty ones. Yeah, you're allowed so many over. Yeah, you allowed you allowed to, and um, this came after the relegation with um, Birmingham. With um, with Birmingham, um, it was sort of like a, a distraction from because yeah. I was gutted being relegated. Um, because I know, again, as I say, the impact it was going to have on the city and the fans, and they deserved better and more than, than what we saved up to them um, that season. So um, I knew, again, as I say, that there was a possibility that he was going to be selling some of us on to generate um, some funds. So um, after that game, again, as I say, I was I, I had to head up to Sheffield um because we were we were we were playing in the second leg against Spain, and um, it it, it kind of like lifted me. It, I don't know how I'd have felt uh, being relegated, and then having to go into a summer holidays, yeah. and you're not knowing where your future is and what's um, what's beholden to you. So it kind of like was a fill up for me. Yeah, distraction. You know what I mean? So um, I played in the first leg um, over in Seville. Um, oh, in fact, the first leg was was um, was at Main Road. Um, I think I think I think I think we won it um, three four four nil. And the second leg was over in Seville, and it absolutely teamed down there. And we were thinking that this game's not going to be on because the, the, the water it was like again modern day football again. Did they called it off because yeah. the surface water. But we um, we ended up winning it. Uh, Mark Chamberlain scored, and um, as I say, we're we're in the final. Um, sorry, this is the progress again to the final. Um, all we had to do again was was score. Um, it was up at Bramall Lane, and um, we did. And I was fortunate again. I've again I've it's a shot on target, and the goalkeeper but he dived over it. And again, it was a goal. It was a goal, and I'd contributed to it. And um, we ended up winning that game against the again a, a talented Spanish side. Yeah. When I looked at their team, the goalie who jumped over it was none other than Zubi Zanetta. Yeah. What a goalie. Yeah. <laughs> a goalie yeah. as well. They also had uh, Manuel Sanchez, the Real Madrid, former Real Madrid captain playing. Yeah. Centre half over seven hundred and odd games and countless trophies for uh, for Real Madrid. So it's no no mean feat. Like and and in a weird twist of fate. England under twenty ones this year have just won it. Yeah. Curtis Jones got yeah. the goal. Another lad from LA. Yeah. 
I know with, somebody made reference to with, that. With a goal, the, yeah. with a goal for England, and that was against Spain, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, like that in it. Oh, yeah. it sort of, oh, it sort of repeats itself. So, so obviously, you spoke about America then and, and going over there. Um, what was the, the the lifestyle and all that like for you there? That that was it just completely different? Was it was it sort of off the cuff that, or or was it? It was again, as you say, the Americans were trying to. They tried, I think, eighteen months before, two years before, to develop the outdoor league, but they were bringing players over who were coming to the end of their career, who were just using that as a cash cow, and. Again, they had the likes of the, the New York Cosmos with Beckenbauer and players like that, who yeah. Pele, who'd all made that transition um, to the States, but they couldn't get the league off the ground, largely because their main sport is the gridiron, the gridiron football. Um, it's very, very popular. The main sport of football was probably dominated by the Mexicans who were in the States. Yeah. So um, going over there again, it was... I'd just been... Doctor by Sunderland and what McMenemy had did. Um, I thought, is is an escapism here or out of? I was starting to get disillusioned with the game in England because of the people in the game in England. Again, I've just been at a club who had two managers who who I felt had let me down in Len Ashurst yeah. and, and what's the name, um, Ronnie McMenemy. So going to America to Dallas, Dallas Sidekicks. Our manager there was Gordon Jago. Um, He'd managed Charlton in the in the first division uh, a few years prior. Um, there was a couple of lads in there from Chelsea, Victor Stride, um, uh, Stan Cummins um, was, was was playing there. Um, Chris White um, came from Arsenal, played for New York. Um, there was a few like English players who were playing over there. Like our our coach was K- Keith Weller. Yeah. Used to play at uh, Leicester. Yeah. Um, famous for wearing the first place to wear tights on a on a football pitch. Was he, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, well he was he was our coach. So it was um it was it was a great experience again. Every every time you played away, you'd have to get a plane. Yeah, because it's that big, isn't it? Yeah, it's that big. In fact the only time we didn't was was when we played Wichita, which was sort of like a two or three hour drive. Yeah. So um, that was the only time again that we didn't fly, but we flew everywhere. And sometimes again, you play back-to-back games. So you play in New York on the Friday, and you play in San Francisco on the Saturday. Yeah, it's mad the way they do that in basketball. Oh, they yeah. play three but, nights on the run, yeah, don't they? Yeah, madness. And our, our pitches were inside hockey pitches. That's what they did. They laid astroturf on the hockey pitches. Mad. So so. Um, like like we play on a maybe on a Saturday night, and they lay the acid turf down. The next night there'd be a hockey game on that pitch, so they take the acid turf up, and there'd be a hockey game on there. Um, the Dallas Mavericks is or the Dallas no the Mavericks was the, the basketball, but the um, what were the Dallas um, hockey team called? I only know the Cowboys. Only know the Cowboys, the American footy. Yeah. So so did you get sort of did you miss the English game then? Yeah. Yeah, and that, and again, what the the format of that game over there is? You had two teams, you had three teams. You had a player who'd start, you had a player who you'd swap with, and you'd have special teams. And like special teams might be for like um, if you'd have a power play, they would be a man down. So you'd have a 
you'd have like a, a 6v5 yeah. and they'd have, you'd have the extra man and you'd have to use that extra man and once you scored a goal then the other player could come back on yeah just all mad drills yeah that yeah so um, I, I we had a, we, we, we had a, a player in our team he was most probably the most known or renowned player in that, that indoor football his name was Tattoo and he was a Brazilian yeah. Um, every time he scored a goal, he used to take his shirt off and throw it into the crowd and go and get another one. <laughs> and this became like a gimmick. Yeah. So this was his, what's the name? So what he started doing was, is he's supposed to swap with me, but he was hogging all the playing time. And I'm saying to the gaffer, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not getting on here again. What have you got me here for? And the gaffer sort of like saying, well, he's doing it. And again, as I say, he's... Um, I'm saying, well, you brought me all the way over here to be down, and I'm not getting a game. He's, he's hogging the time, and I know that he's, he's scoring goals, but he had yeah, the yeah, So anyway, um, we played in Chicago. Um, same thing happened again. Um, the gaffer, uh, Gordon Jago, he put me on for something like three minutes at the end of the game, and um, we flew out of there, and I think we, we, yeah, we flew out of there, and we went to Wichita, and I went and seen him in the gym, and I said, "Listen, Gaffer, I said I'm homesick. You know what I mean? And this is this is no good for me sitting on the bench. I didn't come over here to sit on the bench. I'm I'm come over here to play football, and I, I can understand. You know, I mean, you've got a player there who who sort of like got an image in the trade, and they're, they're cashing in on them because of this shirt thrown into the ground. And all, all Hogan up front. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I said, "Listen, um, I need to go back home, and." The reason why I was asking him then, it was in March, was that the, Jan, the, the, the transfer window was coming to an end. Or you have to sign your players on by the 25th yeah, yeah, yeah. of March. So I said, I need to try and get back home before that time because I don't really want to be stuck here going into next season. So um, he let me go and I went back, I come back home and I rang a few clubs and ended up going to Stoke yeah. for the end of the season. And then... Um, he won the league as well, Dallas Sidekicks. Um, so I didn't get a medal for that. But um, again, as I say, I didn't deserve one. I didn't play enough time. And um, from from Stoke, um, Mick Mills again took me on loan, scored two goals there. He told me at the end of the season that they didn't have the money or the, the funds to buy me. And I had to go home and start phoning clubs myself because yeah. I didn't have an agent. And, I rang um, Blackburn and got through to Don Mackay. He brought me in on a month's trial. And then um, he said, I'll put you on a year's contract. And the first year, I had a, a hamstring that kept me out for about six months. Every time I came back, it, it went again. Um, I went and seen him at the end of the season. And I'm thinking he's going to rough me off here. And he just said, listen, I know that you've had a difficult season. Um, with injuries, what we'll do is um, we'll give you a, a, another year, see how you do. Decent. And I smashed it. Yeah. And after that, he gave me a, um, a three year contract. Yeah, so besides, obviously, Liverpool, you stayed there the longest. Black yeah. Day, yeah. And again, as I say, we were in the playoffs four out of the five years that, that I was in. The is other this pre Jack Walker? Is it? No, no, no. Was he no. there, Jack Walker? Yeah, when, I, when, I, when I first went into um, what's the name? 
Jack Walker came in in. I went there in ninety. I've got the eighty-seven to ninety-two. Yeah. Well, Jack Jack came in, and I'm thinking it was. I think it was ninety-one. He came in. Yeah, because yeah. what's the name? Fox was the chairman, and I remember again when when Jack, because Jack was a a, 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 a fervent supporter of Blackburn. He'd made his money through Walker Steel, through yeah. the, the Steel Club Rummers, and ended up buying a club for, for what would now be, I think it was something like eight million. Ended up buying a club, and the first year, um, I think he bought the club in. The January, um, he gave the gaffer something like seven hundred and fifty grand to spend on players, which was a lot of money. And he brought in the likes of um, Frank Stapleton, Steve Archibald, Kevin Moran. Yeah. Um, again, a bit of experience. Um, Jack was was desperate to get Rovers into the first division. What used to be the old first yeah. division. Um, we got to the. Um, the playoff finals, and we were three-one up from the first leg, going down to Crystal Palace. Um, they had right and bright playing for them up front, but we 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 beat them three times that season. Um, we ended up getting beat. Um, I think it was three-one. We won the first leg three-one, and I think we got beat three-nil, and they went through on away goals, but we had a a, a referee called um, George Courtney and again as I say he was poor gave him a, a penalty from a tackle that was outside the box and if we had VAR today again obviously again yeah. it wouldn't have been a Watson wouldn't have been allowed the Palace fans were surrounding the pitch five minutes before the end of the game so they were like on the touchline and we're saying you know what I mean stop the game again as I say there are the players again who were being intimidated there and said no. Were they ready to just run on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we 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 lost it, and um, the next season we started off the season, and we played away to Ipswich, and um, there was a rumor going down to Ipswich that if we didn't win, they were going to sack the gaffer Don Mackay, and we got beat two 0 So we're all sitting on the back of the bus now, coming back from from Ipswich, so. We're all thinking again, Jack's took over the club now. He's he's going to sack the manager. Who's going to be next? So we're all going to, we're all sat on the back of the bus again. And we shouldn't have been doing this. This was naughty. But it was our fault. It wasn't the gaffer. It wasn't the gaffer's fault. It was the position that we were in. So um, we're all going through who they're going to be, who this next manager's going to be. Say, doubts if it's going to be anybody abroad. Around. So I said, you know what? I said, do you know who's out of a job? And he'd be an ideal candidate for here, Kenny Daglish. So the lad who wrote for the local paper, the Argos, he was sat with us. So on the Monday night now, there's a piece in the, what's the name, in the, in the local paper that Rovers had sacked the manager on the, I think it was on the Saturday or Sunday after the game and they were in talks with Kenny Daglish. So the lads now were all thinking that I had something to do with and but I said, No, all I've done is I've got I'm like Just anybody else, I'm doing aiming. You know what I mean? But he's eligible. 
they're, they're going to have to pay money for anybody else from a, from a club. If they're going to take a manager from a club who's already employed, Kenny would be ideal. So again, Kenny's on the on the spectrum. Um, I think by the Thursday, it was out now that uh, they're going to sign him, and he brought Ray Arford from um, from used to be at Wimbledon. Yeah, he done all the coaching for Kenny, and Kenny was like a figurehead. So um, I'd had a again a, a bad spell at the club in. Um, I'd had a, a, a knee injury. I dislocated me me uh, me elbow because they delayed a, a pitch at, which was tech safe. It was uh, one of the the new revolutionary pitches, but they laid it, and it was like laying a carpet on top of a carpet. So when you stopped on it, you carried on sliding. Yeah, it kept moving a bit. Yeah. yeah. So the pitch was moving. So I've slipped over, fell over, and, and dislocated my elbow. So that was me out for again the the rest of the season. So um, the beginning of the next season, which was again pre season, um, I'd, I'd had a, a cartilage problem, and um, somebody in the club had told the physio, "Don't tell the players what injuries that they've got if it's muscular or anything like that." So I went to see a specialist, and the specialist said. Um, I don't think it's a cartilage, but I'd had cartilage before and I knew it was. So he'd been told by the club, don't tell them what it is. So when I've got into the, what's the name, and the club on the Monday, couldn't see the doctor, and what's the name, they wouldn't tell me what it was. So I went and seen a specialist in Manchester off my own bat, and he said, your cartilage is gone. So I've gone, you sure? He went, your cartilage is gone. It's gone. It's, what's the name, you can see that again, and... Again, I said, but it's not swollen. He said, the swelling's gone down. I mean, all that, that. So I went back in now and said, um, in fact, I didn't go back in. I stayed in there and got the operation. And in the meantime now, Kenny's coming to the club. This is pre-season. I got the operation pre-season because I wanted to be ready for the season. I didn't want to be going into it, waiting for the manager to come into the club and then him sanctioning, yeah, go and have an operation. And I'm six weeks behind everybody else. I'd have to do pre-season on my own. So I went and got it done myself. So when I when I when I've again I've I've come back into into the club, and the club didn't like it. The fact that I'd gone and got this operation sorted um, myself. I think somebody else did it as well. Um, I think Simon Garner did. He went to the same people in Manchester. So um, the club didn't like it. Went and seen Kenny, and um, Kenny said to me, "Is I think yeah." know that they're not going to offer you another contract here. And I said, but you're the manager. And again, I said, you know how I play. I played in the same systems as you. So how, how come you're shouting that? He said, well, that's it, you know what I mean? As I say, so decisions are not yours. So he just looked at me. So again, I just got up and got my stuff and, and got off. And again, I was just really disappointed in him. Was that probably anything to do with him signing Shearer and Newell and all them as, well, as well? Well, again, he 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 signed he signed um, newly um, Alan Shearer, um, and I, I must show no, it wasn't him who signed um, Kevin Moran. He signed some. He signed Roy Wegley, Speedy, yeah, and Speedy, even Speedy. And again, I say I didn't get on with Speedy because I had that beef with him while playing for for Sunderland. Yeah, um, being using racial language against against me and against other people, 
Um, we went down to, again, just to diverse it again uh, to another speed. When I was playing for, for Blackburn, we played, I think it was Aston Villa, our home, and smashed them 4-1. And after that game, we were going down to London for the PFA do. But after, during that game, the stuff coming in about Hillsborough, which was now starting to get told over the, the, the media, yeah. and was going around all the grounds and onto the pitch and whatever. So after the game, as I say, we were going down to London to the PFA do, but we were getting the train from um, Lime Street. So we had to come to, to Liverpool. So we got a lift over to Liverpool, um, seeing all the families waiting at, um, at Lime Street. And I said to the lads, I said, listen, I'm not going, lads. And they've gone, oh, come on, you know what I mean? And say, there's nothing you can do here. I said, but yeah, but these do, look at this, lad. These, these are families, again, they're, they're, they're fucking in tears. Um, I mean, something, because we weren't, we didn't get the full picture until yeah. the next day yeah. of what had gone on and what had well, transpired and, and who was to blame and who, was, who they were laying the blame on. So in the end, again, they, can, they said to what's him, you've got your ticket now, so you may as well go. So I did. Um, as we're getting down to London and you're hearing more and more and more and more about it, um, we stayed in the hotel. We went out that night and um, got trumped. The next day, we're in the foyer and um, Speedy's there. And he, he said something about uh, something, something like that. And I told him what I was going to do to him if I ever heard him talking about that again. You know what I mean? Um, I think my mate Joey Jones told him, told him again, as I say again, you, you need to watch what you do, I mean, what you, what you do, who, who you're talking to, and 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 what you're saying. Because again, Joey was my mate; he was you know, at Liverpool with yeah. me. And um, next thing is now he comes to Blackburn, so I'm telling the lads again what had gone on in the past, and I'm saying if he if he opens his mouth to me, I'm gonna bang him. Uh, so. I wonder whether that was part of the the, the realization of that they weren't going to be offering me a, another contract. Yeah, so it's mad how it sort of pans out, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and you know, you're uh, all them years ago, you're coming on for that Gleesh in the semi final of the yeah. European Cup, and then years and years later, he's, he's telling, telling you, you no he hasn't got the power to keep yeah. you. Whether he just didn't want to keep you, he just I, didn't I, want to say it. I, I would, I would think again is. Uh, I couldn't see anybody lining Kenny up as a yes man to do as you told. No, no. You know what I mean? so well, footy's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. It's like business, yeah. isn't it? It's, yeah. horror. it's horrible, it is. isn't it? It is, yeah. No, no, it's horrible. So after that, you had a, a spell with Halifax. Yeah. Um, my great uncle managed Halifax back in the 70s, I think it was. Georgie Kirby. Georgie Kirby. Yeah, yeah. Played for Everton in the uh, 50s and he ended up managing them. I think he went over to America for a bit and he managed in like... Saudi or somewhere, man, like that. But anyway, he, he scored. He scored two against the Busby Babes in the uh, yeah, in the fifties. But, but he was manager, scout, so yeah, manager from Eton. He managed the uh, Halifax for a bit, played for them, and managed them twice. It with a ten within a ten year spell. So I think he managed them seventies and then early eighties yeah. as well. Yeah, so mad one that. So what was it like there, Halifax? Obviously, your last hurrah in, in footy. Yeah, it was again. It was again. You're looking at the football that you've come from, that you grew up with, to play in fourth division, um, and what came with that. Yeah, everything you've learned over them years, yeah. it doesn't translate to that level, yeah. does it? 
Yeah, and again, as I say, I was travelling through there every day. Um, David McCreary, um, I think, was the manager. And after a couple of weeks again, I said to him again, what's happening? And I mean, because I'm travelling over there every every day, driving from Blackburn. And um, uh, he just turned around. Was, was it David McCreary? No, it was somebody else, because Jimmy Case was his number two. Ah, right, so that was Alex sort of come about. Yeah, and that's how it came out again. I thought, well, Jimmy will know me. But um, again, as I say, they, they didn't offer me a contract in. Um, in fact, he did. He offered me what something, something like one hundred and fifty quid a week. Yeah, and, and you've I've got no time. No time. It cost yeah, me that to get it. Cost me that to get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just said, nah. I'm, I think I'll look at retiring and maybe taking me coaching badges. And I wish I'd have played on a little bit longer because again, yeah, it once was it's a, gone, it's gone, isn't it? And it was hard enough getting in when you when you're a player, getting in as a as a coach. Yeah, there was just no chance. Yeah, and as I said, you still see it now. There's not that many black coaches no, now, is there? Man- no. Especially managers. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of a lot of managers within the game and and um, the recruitment staff within the game. That must be the fear that decides so long to keep black players out of the game because they've seen now the advantages of having black players again within the team. The, the game itself now. Is speeded up. It's fast. It's quicker, um, yeah. because again we're born with that speed and that agility within us. Is that a lot of clubs now uh, are turning towards black players, but they're still hanging on to the manager, the manager position, and even like a black coach will be an assistant coach. Yeah, um, he's not getting the, the job on a on a on a probability um, closing. You see the likes of. Um, Paul Ince, John Barnes, um, players players of that ilk who've sort of like played at the highest level, and they're not getting jobs within the highest level again. Paul Ince was with the what's his name Milton Keynes, I think it was his was his last yeah. job, and yet he played for played and represented England, and the the theory that we have now with with managers is that. That sort of like rhetoric that they used to aim and proclaim at black players now is now being aimed at white managers because they're now, well, not now, they think that white managers originate around from Europe and not necessarily from the UK. And when you look at the Premier League and the amounts of managers in the Premier League that don't come from the UK... Yeah. Our, 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 our management system now is halted because the board think that it would be more influential for them and progressional for them to have the mentality of a, a coach from a board rather than a, a, coach, a coach from here and white coaches aren't getting in here so black coaches doubly aren't going to get in here so it's sort of like Moved black coaches down a peg, um, with 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 management, and I've talked to lads for for years about it of of like what is it, why is it, why is it that we're overlooked all all the time, and again as I say the only answer that again lads have thrown up is that it's like the last bastion 
of of where white coaches or white managers can control. Years ago, as I say, they used it to keep us out of the playing staff. Now again, they can't stop us from getting out of the or between out of the players' staff. In fact, they need it because the game has become so fast now and so quick. Is that a lot of a lot of a lot of um, like first thing that I do as a player is look for who I was playing against. Um, I can say to myself, I'm going to have a good day here today because he's slow. And I know that he's slow. Um, that's how I looked at it in my, in my preparation. So I know that other well, black players must be looking at the same thing again with, with an opponent. Again, and because again, back in the day, you weren't just looking at the pace of the down. You're looking at the physicality because you go past somebody, yeah, you gotta you're, you're going you're gonna <laughs> to yeah. get slammed. You know what I mean? It was it wasn't easy. Whereas now again, as I say, there's a there's a price to pay. Years ago, there wasn't. You know what I mean? Again, and maybe three or four tackles before the referee yeah. would book somebody. So um, it, 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 it's become even harder. And I think again, as I say, the if you look at the um, the comparison with American football, all the best players in American football. Uh, black and it's predominantly black and I think that they look at this and look at that model where it is they're trying to keep hold of their, their identity of seeing white coaches and white managers instead of them seeing black coaches black managers and black players yeah instead of just who's the best yeah and, 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 and that's how it should be you know what I mean it should be based on who's the best I remember it was one of one of what's the name? Um, I'm I'm not sure whether it was I'm not sure whether it was 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 Len Ashurst or even Don Mackay. And I said to him that if you get some black players in here, you fill the stadium because black people will come in and um, and pay the money to come and watch. I said right now again, as I say, you you you're putting up with poor players. To either appease yourself or to appease the fans. And really, again, the fans should be getting the best of what's available. And it shouldn't be going on around around colour or race. It should be on ability. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Right, let's, let's touch on my little feature then, what I do. I, I'll, I'll name it a, a shorter. Um, a talent of some, yeah. and then you you try and you try and tell me what uh, what player fits that. So I always start with it, this is like a, a bit of the best of the best. So I always start with left foot. So who did you play with or against? Who had the best left peg? Kevin Sheedy. Yeah, what a left peg he had. It was a wand. How good was Sheedy in the Reggies for yeah, the pool? He was he was outstanding again. Why again? You would sell you an asset like him to your your rivals, but he was. Again, he wasn't he, he wasn't the quickest player, but yeah. his passing ability was unbelievable. Legend as it because Liverpool had Ronnie Whelan, but surely he could get both of them into a team. Yeah, well, again, he was out playing Ronnie in the reserves. Ronnie wasn't that quick, was he? No, he wasn't. But again, Ronnie, great player. Well, yeah, but both brilliant yeah, players. Yeah, both brilliant. But yeah. she, she's left. I'd have loved him to stay at Liverpool. Yeah, but Ronnie was out the door, wasn't he? He was he that he, he couldn't take the the, the stick. Yeah. We were getting insane, yeah. but again, he, once once he broke into the team, cracking player. 
Yeah. So shady left foot just because what what was it about it? Just precise. It was precise. He was very, very accurate. Yeah. Very accurate. And he was good on the ball again. He wasn't quick, he wouldn't run past you or in a race. But giving the ball again and playing little one twos again, his passing was excellent yeah. as well. Yeah, top player. Right foot. Um hmm. that's a difficult one. Yeah. It always is, isn't it? Yeah. Um again. With players that I played with, it'd have to be Sammy Lee. Yeah. Because I thought he was he was a very underrated technical player. Yeah, technically brilliant, yeah. 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 And I played with Sammy growing up here, you know, growing up here, played against him. Um, he used to play for Malpass. And um, I remember we played him in the final at um, uh, Belfield. And we, again, we, 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 we smashed him. But he was the best player on the park. Yeah. Um, but him, Sammy again, as I say, very, very again, good passer at the ball. Um, demeaned his size again because people used to look at him and think because he was little that he was feeble and whatever. But again, as I say, he could tackle. Um, he had a good engine in him. He had great vision. Yeah. Um, he loved passing and moving the ball. Great movements. So, yeah, Sammy. Touch. Touch. Mm, wow. It'd have to be either Alan Hansen or Kenny. Yeah. Um, Graeme Sooners, again, put in uh, Terry McDermott. Yeah. Forgot about it. What a player, Terry Mack. Uh, Terry Mack, again, as I say, you could chip a goalkeeper from anywhere. Um, Who's getting it then? Got to give it to a scouser, uh, Terry Mack. Terry Mack, brilliant. Love it. Skill. These are hard questions, these are. Oh, yeah. Even, well, they're not, it's not as easy, yeah. with top players, uh, again. Um, skill I've got to give it again to, to Terry Mack those two, two those two goals when he, he chipped the goalkeeper he chipped um, is it Jim Leighton up at um, up at Aberdeen in the in the European Cup chipped him from impossible angle and when he chipped what's the name at, um, at, at Main Road what's his name the goalkeeper chipped him in the semi-final Boss. against Everton it was Lawson was it can't remember. Can't remember who the goal he was on the goal. Brilliant chip. Yeah. Head and ability. Head and ability. So again, that, that could take on two guys as I say. I look yeah. at head and ability. Attacking or defending. Attacking yeah. or defending. Um I'll go for an attacker. Mick Harford. Yeah. At Birmingham. Yeah. Brilliant in here. Unit in money. Yeah. Was he in our case as well? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speed. Who was the quickest beside yourself? Who could yeah. keep up with you? Um no one at Sunderland, no one at Birmingham. I would think again the only one who, who got near me would have been Andy Kennedy yeah. at Blackburn. Yeah, yeah, he was he was fast. Was he quick? Yeah. yeah. Who, who'd win in a fifty yard dash? You and Rushy. Me. You doing them? Yeah. yeah. Nice. I like it. Strength. Um, again, that's a tough question. You'd have to say Kenny. Yeah, yeah, because again, half a pound strength. Yeah, yeah, he used to back into players again um, and score goals from impossible positions, but holding the ball up again was was his forte. Yeah, so strength. Okay, great. I could have even named Noel Blake at, at Birmingham. Yeah, he was a, a chunk. Fittest, fittest. Who's in the best nick? Um, Terry Mack. Flying Terry Mack here, isn't he? No, but he was what's the name? He he was he could go out on a night out, get absolutely. I bet you a few <laughs> Yeah, and train. We we had the Christmas party in 
I think it was 77, 78. Um, the club always knew when we had these parties because we got the bollocks run off us the next day. Yeah, on purpose. Yeah. So um, we were, again, you go to these parties and, and you're, you're legless. And Teddy Mack, we'd, we'd go in the next day we get the socks run off us and Terry Mack would be at the front. We couldn't catch up with him. Just loved it. Yeah. He had an engine like I've, I've never seen before. And um, Robert Hopkins at Birmingham, he was another one. He had bottomless legs. Could be out on the air all night and all day. Go in the next morning and we'd run and he'd be at the front. Oh, I love that. Right, keepers. Played foot with or against? Ray Clements. Clem, what a, what a goalie. Top cast. And again, I've been fortunate with Chris Turner. Yeah. Game was it was a, another top crack. But again, Clem played for Liverpool. Clem revolutionised the game. Clem was the sweeper keeper, the very first sweeper keeper. Yeah. Um. Everyone else started following that. So again, Clem yeah. revolutionary. Who was the funniest? The Mad Men. Again, as I say, for the L. That's a hard one because you again you you had two or three in in every club. Um, who stands out as like the overall loony? Um, again, you could throw Teddy Mac in there <laughs> with the Alan Anson, um, David Odsey. Sunderland was funny. Yeah. Um, I was quite witty myself. Sammy. Sammy. Funny, Sammy. Yeah. Sammy was another. In fact, yeah, Sammy. Sammy Lee. Okay, funny. We'll take that leadership. That's easy. That's neither Emily News. Or Graeme Sooners. Yeah, two two unbelievable yeah. there. Two unbelievable leaders there. Yeah. Attitude. Who got the best out of themselves or got the best out of every, everything? Apart from the ones who didn't drink, you're thinking about all the lads at, at, at Liverpool. Because they had a, a, a win mentality and they wouldn't let you get away with an excuse that you're being out on the ale. You know what I mean? They crucify you for it. So the attitude and the, that mentality that the that they have, it was sort of like self, yeah. self-discipline. Yeah. I mean, you pulled your weight, or somebody you again would, would tell you, but for me, I'm thinking like Emlyn News and Phil Thompson and Graeme Sooners, they were all good for me as yeah. captains. Yeah. Who was the dirtiest? I wouldn't call it dirtiest. Again, I look at the likes of Graeme Sooners, he could look after himself. Yeah. He just get mix it, wouldn't he? Yeah, he when could, it was needed. Yeah, he could look after himself, and he set examples for the rest of us to follow. So I wouldn't call it dirty. It, it, it I would say he was the most competitive. Yeah. Okay. I like the way you rephrased that. Very, very political. Yeah. There. Best goal you've seen. Best goal you've scored yourself first, and then the best goal you've seen or been involved in. Um, the best goal that I've that I've I've seen again. The, being a Liverpool fan now, there's been so many. Them goals against Tottenham. Um, McDermott again, wasn't yeah, it? <laughs> and he, he chipped them. He, he, chipped, he chipped, what's the name there as well? Um, that goal at Anfield that started off with with Clem. Spurs, the last yeah. game of the season. Where, Outside the highway. And yeah. key, was that the key? The, no, no, yeah, Kenny. Ken- the Doc. Oh, yeah. David yeah, Johnson. Yeah. David Johnson, yeah. David Johnson. Yeah. With a couple of touches right from yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It was, again, a great move. But, um, again, you can have a team goal, you can work on an individual goal. And 
I could go with the chips from Seri Mac, but I've got to go with Kenny's goal against Bruges. Yeah. The chip over the goalkeeper. The dink, yeah. Yeah. Celebration weren't too yeah. bad either, was it? Yeah. Boss, right. Hardest away fixture, where was the worst place to go and play? Anfield. Yeah, it's mad that, isn't it? Yeah, Anfield. It's mad for you that, that, yeah. that so much is good there and then going there was so bad. Yeah, it was more of a, again, maybe a, men- a mental yeah, psyche yeah. Yeah. that you're playing against your mates, your, buddy, your club, your team, your city. So it, I, I used to hate it, but going back there and um, it was uh, when, I, when I went there with Birmingham, I, I had an ankle injury, but the gaffer wanted me to play. You know what I mean? So I played in with a strap and on, and I couldn't really do myself justice. But um, I think we were beat 3 0. Rushy scored in that as well. No way, madness. Right, last question. Knockout pairs, got to pick yourself a partner. So 2v2v2 and one goalie. Who are you picking as your partner and why? Sammy. Sammy Lee. Trust him. Yeah. Great player. Um, he's a workaholic, and that's what you'd have to be in a 2v2. And a bit of a, a bit of tactical notion now go with all the uh, the coaching yeah. that goes yeah. with it, so you know a bit about footy between you. Yeah. Um, and the goalkeeper would be Clem. Yeah, imagine that in goal. Boss. Boss. And anyway, Howard, mate, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for having me. I, I enjoyed I, that. I appreciate uh, appreciate you taking us down memory lane and, and trying to cover everything. We could be here for hours, mate, couldn't we? We could, we, be, we could yeah. go on and on. Yeah. Um, Next time you see Sammy Lee, tell him I'd like to get him on the podcast if he'd like to have a go. Yeah, I'll tell him after. He'd he'd be great to get on um, for for some of his stories. Liverpool and Everton now. Yeah, when he's done his spell, his spell at the Blues, and he's got some good, some good sales, Sam. Oh, I bet you he has. I call him Pugsley. (laughs) Pugsley, boss mate. Howard, thanks very much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck.